Mighty God, we worship you. We just flood all of heaven. We lend our voice with the host of heaven. And we cry out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. We have come this weekend, we have come in this hour for the express purpose of bringing glory and honor to your name. And God, we believe that you're doing a transformational work. We believe that you are waking us in the spirit like never before. We believe that you are cracking the sky and you are moving. And so God, this weekend, as we give you our worship, as we give you our praise, as we celebrate who you are, mighty King, would you move even in the offering? Would you break it like the loaves and the fishes? And would you use us to do what's never been done in East Tennessee? God, use us to make it hard to go to hell for me, Tennessee. God, we love you. We worship you and we bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, Amen. give him a shout as you take your seats. Well, good morning, good morning, promisers from all of our campuses. We're thrilled from Anderson and North and Blunt and Campbell, from Pellissippi, our internet campus, our God behind bars. We love you guys, and we know that you guys are taking part in the offering this weekend, Heart for the Harvest, because of the Heart for the Harvest last year. We have a God behind bars campus, and, and we'll have more, so we're thrilled to have you at all of our campuses. You guys glad to be in the house of God. Man. I got an email this week from one of our prayer partners who prays at the Pellissippi campus with me on Sunday morning, and uh, he has a little son, just turned one a couple months ago. His name is Cash, and a very rare disease. The doctors were treating it, but did absolutely not know what to do with it, and we anointed him with all our teams, prayed. If you remember a few weeks ago, we prayed for healings. Went back to Vanderbilt, and the doctor said, we don't understand, but not only is he healed, but we can't even see where there was a disease, and so we rejoice in that. I love what a friend of mine, pastor friend of mine told me, when the lion of Judah roars, everybody hears it. And so our God is big, our God is good. Now, and we're gonna, uh, we have two more weekends, not hard for the harvest, we have two more weekends, and then we're gonna move into our last unbelievable inviting series for the year, three weeks. We're gonna do Christmas at the movies. We'll have popcorn, we'll have the whole deal. We'll take a popular Christmas movie and we'll craft a message around it. Uh, the, all the campuses will be decorated. It's an unbelievable opportunity to invite your friends that are far from God. It'll be fun, but the gospel will be given. Uh, and so I'm believing God for 8,000 people all three weekends. Do y'all believe we could see that? Can we bring them? So uh, that's happening. So again, bring your, your lost friends and family. It is, it is such an important deal. Man, we love you guys so much. What a privilege uh, to get to be your pastor. Michelle and I just are overwhelmed daily that our lives really reflect Ephesians 3.20, that God has done exceedingly abundantly above all of our dreams, our desires. We had no clue what God would do. And so would you guys agree that Faith Promise is a different church? Would you agree that, man, we are striving to be diverse, rich, poor, black, white, brown, educated, uneducated? Would y'all agree that everybody's welcome? Yeah. Are, are we, we want to do something different. So with that, let me just, let me, let me share with you for just a second. Uh, and that is, we just finished the worst election in my lifetime. America is more and more polarized every year. And because people so put all their hope and future in the politics, 
and in the White House and the Congress and all that kind of stuff, that we get so involved in it that it makes us step all up into stupid. So here's the deal. Man, I love you. But we've worked for 21 years to make everyone feel welcome here. Amen? Amen. Don't get on social media and be stupid. Would you not? Now, I'm an equal opportunity basher, so what people do is when they see stuff you put on Facebook, they send it to me like I want to read it. (laughs) But I've seen some of those hateful, evil, bad-spirited stuff from this congregation that I've ever seen come social media. So here's the deal. If you're going to do it, take Faith, Promise, and Christian off your, off your website, off your Facebook. Well, come on. <clears throat> we live in, and listen, I'm telling you, both sides, both sides. I've seen Republicans and Democrats. I've seen people that, man, it's just been horrible, the accusation and the things that people have said. Come on. We've worked too hard Uh, to do that. We live in redneck tech, right? We live in East Tennessee. And let's don't prove them right. Let's don't prove them right that the church is just like the culture. That I don't care where people come from. I don't care what their background is. I don't care what their political persuasion is. We serve under the banner of Jesus and we love every single body. Come on. Because here's the deal. You can't win a soul to Christ and keep them from hell after you bash them on your social media stuff. You don't, listen, you have sinned away your opportunity to give them Jesus because you've given them Republican or Democrat. So come on. Here, now, let, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying you can't be political. That, that's a, I'm saying don't be ugly. Amen? Is there, have we got that? Because I could stay here a long time. Are we okay? So if it's on your stuff, take it down. Come on. I know you're mad. Everybody's mad. How can we have a winner? So everybody's going to be mad. That's a, listen, that's okay, but let's don't hurt the kingdom of God over something as trivial as politics. Because we're talking eternity, folks. I don't care who won, and Donald Trump won, he's got four years or eight. Eternity is for stinking ever. Are you with me? So is that okay? Do we love everybody? Come on, man. All right. Now, I made an erroneous statement last weekend, and I'm going to go ahead and own up to it. It was a little faith statement. I said it's hard for the harvest offering, so our attendance is going to go down. Well, was I wrong? We were 1,100 last weekend over. The same weekend last year, hard for the harvest. So give yourself a hand. Shows enormous spiritual growth because in the past people have bailed and you didn't do it. I was wrong. I love to admit when I'm wrong about stuff like that. Now, I realize that I'm a pusher. Okay, I'm a pusher. I used to push drugs. Now I push Jesus. So I'm a pusher. I got that. And I push you on your quiet time. I push you on the Bible reading plan. I push you to develop a growth strategy. I push you into serving. I push you into the kingdom of God. I push you into generosity. And let me tell you, we work hard at it. It's not easy to write a book for you every year, by the way. And and in another, about four weeks, we'll be giving you the book that I wrote for you for 2017. And it's, I'm just going to warn you, it's about twice as big as 16. So it might take you not 31 days, but 62 to get through it, but that'll be all right. 
Why do we do it? Why do we push? Why do we write? Why do we provide? Because Colossians, well, this is the verse that drives me every day. We proclaim who? Him, Jesus, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all what? Why? So that we may present every man complete in who? For this purpose of completing every man, woman, boy, or girl, complete in Christ, I also labor, striving according to his power that works mightily within me. That is what we do. And so I will push until I'm dead. I will push that you sell out completely and positively and absolutely to the lordship of Jesus. That it won't be Republican or Democrat or black or white and rich or poor, but your key theme, your identity will be wrapped in the lordship of the son of God who died for you on a cross and will take you to heaven forever. That's the deal. That's why we push. Amen. So there are people that will say, pastor, don't you think you push too hard? Don't you think you'll drive people out? Don't you think that you ought to back off? Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, you've got to deny your, take up your and follow me. See, if Jesus could say, abandon your dreams for my dreams, surrender your agenda to my agenda, take up your lethal injection, and follow me every day, all day, I don't mind pushing. Because here's the deal. How can we stand in front of a blood-stained cross and give Jesus any less than all of who we are? Amen. Y'all agree with that? See, Jesus gave us his best in the creation in his incarnation, in his crucifixion, in his resurrection, and even now as he's interceding for us at the right hand of the Father, and we are going to give him no less. So you know what? In a, push, in a selfish society, I'm going to push selflessness. Man, that's not the world we live in. I'm going to push spirit-led living in a fallen, fleshly culture. I'm going to push purity in a day when the opportunity to do evil is all around every single one of us. Amen? I'm going to push growth and grace and knowledge and the mercy and power of God like never before. Does that make sense? And so we're going to keep pushing. Man, we're never backing up. Why? Because Philippians 1.6 says this, I am confident, Paul said of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you, anybody saved at any of our campuses this weekend? So I am confident of this, that he that began that work will perfect that work. So the Spirit of God is growing. He is multiplying. He is injecting us. He is, he is transforming us. He is discipling. And what, why? So that we will be more and more in the image of Jesus. Now, let me roll the clock back 3,500 years. Moses sees a bush that's on fire but doesn't burn, and so God's got his attention. He goes up, and God calls him, and he sends him back to Egypt and, and to go get my people that have been enslaved for 400 years or so. Moses and his, his brother-in-law Aaron, they go, and they get the people, and they, God says, I want you to bring them back right here to me on this mountain. Why did God want them to come to the mountain? Because God said, bring them right here on this mountain that they may worship me. And so Moses goes and gets them. Not an easy task, but he does. On the way back, let me ask you a question. If you're listening, say, I am. Did the children of Israel disappoint God on the journey back from Egypt? And my goal, my drive, my prayer is that we as a church never disappoint God. From the offering this weekend to our evangelism, to our ministry, to all that we are, that we never disappoint God. See, Moses led the Israelites out of, out of slavery. 
and, and he rolls them in. Does this make sense? And it took them a while to, to get, their, to get their, their stuff together. But, but God is the, the gift and God is the giver. And so he, he brings them to the mountain. They worship God. Then God says, so why don't you build a tabernacle? And so to build a tabernacle, you've got to take up an, an offering. So these folks have been slaves for 400 years. They had no real thing that they owned in Egypt. Now they've, been, they've, they've crossed the Transjordan. How in the world are they going to get any money to give gold and silver, diamonds, jewels, all that? How are they going to get any money for this offering? Well, God is the gift and God is the giver. As they were leaving Egypt, God said, tell, tell Moses, hey, tell the Israelites as they're leaving, ask the Egyptians for all their stuff. And so they did. They asked all the neighbors, hey, can I have your gold, your jewelry, your silver, your gold? Can I have everything? And the Bible says Israelites plundered Egypt. Now, they had been poor for 400 years. Now they're wealthy, making their way to go worship God. And so God says, take up an offering. Who gave them the money to give in the offering? Who? God did. God did. So here they go. They, they, man, they move. Now, what my concern is that as many of those Israelites did, that because of a lack of faith, they miss what God was going to do. My concern for us that we'll miss what God wants us to do. Is that easy to do? Is it easy? See, Paul warns the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 11. He said, I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, that your minds will be what? We live in an anti-Christ culture like never before. We live in a selfish, narcissistic culture that will do anything to draw us away from God. Would you all agree with that? Everywhere. That you will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. Now, did the Israelites miss it in the wilderness? Sure they did. 2.5 million of them died in the wilderness over 40 years. They missed the presence of God. They missed the promises of God. They missed the rest of God. God actually said, I want you to go into the promised land. By the way, when you get there, you're going to move into cities you didn't build, farms you didn't plant, houses you didn't build. You're going to move in and you're going to be wealthy day one. Just go ahead and start harvesting all the crops. You're going to enter into, God said, my rest. And so just go, get ready, move. They missed God's preferred future. I believe they missed God's best and they missed their potential. And the only way for faith promise to achieve its redemptive potential is for you to achieve your redemptive uh, uh, potential individually. Does that make sense? So as we all achieve our, our potential individually as a church, as one body, we will rise up and we truly will make it hard to go to hell from East Tennessee. I believe many of them missed heaven. So we push the kingdom of God. We push God's agenda over our agenda. See, the kingdom of God is not pastime. It's not part-time. It's prime time. It is the number one thing because God is building an army. Y'all believe that? And you don't build an army with wimps and wusses. You build an army with, spiritual, with spiritually filled soul winners who care about people who are not afraid, but who will rise up and be the salt and light in this current crisis culture. Does that make sense? That's what God wants to do. He's looking for people that are ready to go the distance for him. That's what he's looking for. And that's what we are. See, faith promise, we didn't get where we are by accident. We just didn't wake up one day and run 7,000. We didn't. 
We see, we began to see the Tennessee that God sees and the Tennessee that God knows that can be. And we began sacrificing and the more that we saw, the more we sacrificed, the more that we saw. We began trusting more. The more that we trust, the more we surrendered. Let me ask you a question. If you're listening, Sam, do you think anybody ever surrendered to God and regretted it? You say, well, that's crazy. Isn't that a crazy question? Then why do we fight God on so many things? Even in this offering we're going to take up in a few minutes, it's the one offering we give a year where people come and give an offering. I mean, we do online, we do offerings every weekend. It's the one, one week in a year we do it. And so let's go back and think about those Israelites because there's so many similarities. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that those faithless souls that wandered in the wilderness had regrets? What do you think? You know, I was working on this message, and I was sitting on my back deck, and, I, and I, I did. I asked that question. I wrote it, that question, and I wrote below it, yes, and the Spirit of God just stopped me dead in my tracks, just stopped. And I marked out yes, and I put no. They didn't have any regrets. You know why they didn't have regrets? Because they blamed everybody else for their circumstance. They blamed God for getting them out of Egypt after they begged God to get them out of Egypt. They blamed Moses because he was a bad leader. They blamed Aaron for making the golden calf. They blamed the Egyptians for treating them ugly. They blamed the giants in the land for the reason they couldn't go in. They blamed them. They didn't have regrets because they blamed everybody for everything. But let me give you a little thought here, gang. Blamers don't get blessed. Because blamers don't take any responsibility with their lives, with their offering, with their ministry, with their service. And listen, I don't care how you got where you are. You may have just gone through a horrible divorce. You may have gone through a terrible bout with cancer. You may have, man, you may have been through a rough time and you've been blaming. Listen, today's day, quit blaming. Say, God, here I am today and from now on, I'm going to follow you. From now on, I'm going to serve you. From now on, I'm going to take responsibility. Is anybody catching this? From now on, I'm going to walk an open heaven. This is what I'm going to do. This is the deal. Let's go back and finish a paragraph we've been working on the last four weeks in the finishing up 2 Corinthians 9. Now the he who does what? He that supplies. God is the giver and God is the gift. He's the giver and he's the gift. He that supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and do what? Multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your what? You will be what? Enriched in what? Everything for all liberality, or better translation, is generosity. You will be enriched in everything so that you can be blessed to be a blessing to other people, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. Do you know how many churches in Pakistan thank God for you every day that we lit up 200 churches in Pakistan? Do you know how many churches in India get up and thank God? Do you know how many people in Costa Rica are saved today who thank God? Do you know people around the world who are thanking God because somebody sacrificed a faith promised church and sent a missionary, sent an evangelist? Paul said they're going to be giving thanks to God. And that's what happens through our ministry. For the ministry of this service is not, is not only fully supplying the needs of the saints, but it is overflowing through many thanksgiving to God because what God is doing with it. Because the proof given, now the proof of the ministry was what? The generosity of their offering. 
The proof was given by this ministry that they will glorify God for your obedience to your confession of the gospel of Christ and for all your liberality or generosity of your contribution to them and to all while they are also by prayer on your behalf yearn for you because the surpassing grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Do you know people around the world today that are praying for you because you sacrifice and they were saved? Do you know they not only thank God, but they intercede for you? Do you know how many guys that are God behind bar, bars every day in their quiet time? Thank you, God, for Faith Promise Church and people that gave. <laughs> yeah, man, this is how it works. It's what God does. And so in 52 weekends, we'll be taking up 2017 Heart for the Harvest. What will be different? Well, we won't have one God behind bars campus. We'll have three. There'll be more people thanking God and praying for us. There'll be more campuses. And by the way, how many people will miss hell and gain heaven? We're knocking on 800 baptisms so far this year. We've already broken baptism record of last year, which was a new record. We're going to get over 800 baptisms. And I think 2017, we can baptize 1,000 people in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. Man. It's because God's using us. Hey, Blunt County Campus, before you existed, and hundreds of you folks at Blunt, before you were ever born again, while you were on your way to hell, years ago, there was a church called Faith Promise, and they took up a Heart for Harvest office and gave a million dollars, and we built that campus, and there have been hundreds and hundreds of people saved, and we sent 225 people, and this weekend, there's 1,100 people, and you're rocking Blunt County Campus. Why? Because before you were there, people gave. Come on. Man, that's what we do. It's what we do. North Knoxville, before you existed, Pellissippi Campus and Blount County Campus gave a heart for the harvest offering. And we started a campus at the Expo Center. And that grew and stalled. We went, so then we moved you to, the, to another building. And next year, we'll pay cash money, be done with that building. That's Pellissippi and North before you existed. What we were already giving. And how many people are saved over there? There's a thousand people this weekend. Thank God for what you're doing at North. My soul, I could go on all day. Anderson County, record attendance. Robbie and Robbie killing it over there. Man, what? We just remodeled that campus. It's exploded. Our Campbell County campus, well, Brandon Dunford, I mean, one of our homegrown guys, when he was in high school, nobody would have given you two cents for Brandon Dunford. They thought, man, what, what hope is for this kid? Because he was not doing well in high school. <laughs> Today, a man of God, a father a husband, and a pastor at Faith Promise Church Rock in Campbell County. Why? How? Because we gave a heart for the harvest offering. God behind bars. Do you know how people every day get up and thank God and pray for you in Costa Rica? Because there's a campus in Conyers, and now we're looking in South Africa, we're looking for another campus in India. What? 2 Corinthians 9.15, but thanks be to God for his what? He is the gift, and he is the giver. He's the one that does it. He's the gift, and he's the giver. Whatever you give today, God has already given you. By the way, let me, let me share something with you. Pastor Zach, our global student pastor, last year started saying, hey, the student ministry is going to begin Heart for the Harvest. So Wednesday night, student ministries gave. Almost $8,000 our middle schoolers and high schoolers gave. i tell you what I love. 
Hey, listen, some of you guys are 30, 40, 50, just now trying to get over the generosity, getting a John Rossi journey. How'd you like to learn to be generous at 12? Because we had a 12-year-old, a son of one of our pastors, who told his dad this past week, early in the week, said, Dad, I got all the money in the bank. I've been saving for this thing you wanted to buy. He said, would you take me to the bank? I'm going to get my money. He said, what, what are you going to get your money for, son? He said, because I'm going to give it in heart for the harvest for the future of the kingdom of God. And that 12-year-old walked up and laid that money in a box this weekend. Man, that's exciting. It's exciting what God is doing. We're raising up a generation. See, some of y'all, we, you gave your heart to Jesus as adults, and now you're trying to walk in that journey. Man, you get saved at eight, start giving by the time you're nine. Man, when you're 35, it's easy. Isn't it? It's easy. It's easy to tithe when you have a dollar. It's easy to tithe when, you're, when you're, your allowance is $10 a week. It's harder to tithe if you make 100000 because now we're talking real money. But you know what? If you're nine... A dollar's real money. Just, hey, the only thing that changes are the zeros. So what do we do? Before we take the offering, before we're not taking it, you're giving it. Before we, before we do that, I want to I wanna spend just a little bit of time in prayer for people that wanted to give but couldn't. Or your financial world has crumbled. Maybe it was a medical emergency. Maybe it was a car wreck. Maybe something happened. And, and man, your world is sort of collapsed financially. We're going to pray for you. Or maybe you're, you need a job. We're all, people are already getting jobs, by the way. I love this. Every year when we have people stand that Jehovah Jireh will be provider, every time when people stand, you know what happens? Folks get hired before they leave the weekend. So cool. So cool. And so if you're underemployed or you're unemployed, by the way, there's a great uh, knoxworks.org. It's a part of the Knoxville Leadership Foundation. Two of our guys, Don Truza and Evan Crass, began this ministry, and they will help you. They got a big fair Thursday, so if you go to this website, you'll get all the information. But So campus pastors, listen, you guys go ahead and take it over. Lead your campus as we pray for the provision, and then after that, would you just, guys just go ahead and lead your campus as we prepare to, as we prepare to give to God this offering. So we love you, and uh, we'll see you guys again next weekend. So here's the deal. We call this body life. Were we, are we a family? Okay, so if you're uh, any kind of financial need, nobody has to know what it is. But if that's you, I just want you to stand up right now. Just go ahead. Pop up. Come on. Pop up. Pop, 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 pop. Come on, pop up. Listen, if, you're, if you have a financial need, you don't stand up. means you don't want God's help. So it's not a problem. So uh, go ahead. Because last service we had probably a third. We had a less than half the people and a lot more people stood. Man, we just, we just want for you. Amen? All right, so Faith Promise, see the people that are standing. We're going we're gonna to do body life time. You don't need to know their name. You don't need to know their need. Just lay your hand on the shoulder and begin right now praying that God, with the Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, our provider, would meet their need. Right now, just go ahead.